This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience First-hand, the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on Cricket World Cup podcast from TalkSport at Lords, where cricket fans have borne witness to the greatest World Cup final of them all. England World Cup champions, but how it came to that is a story that will go on long into the night. He's going to bowl short. Yeah, he's going to bowl short. The field says short. And Gaptal's going to wait for it. Now, is he going to take the pace off it? Here it is, folks. This is the moment. It's Archer to Gaptal. Two to win. Gaptal's going to push for two. They've got to go. It's got to throw. He's got to go to the keeper's end. He's got it. England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins. Of all margins, absolute ecstasy for England, agony, agony for New Zealand. Where do you start with what we've seen today? So many twists and turns, a match that defy belief. It's myself and Steve Harmison, and you're listening to Following On. Well, welcome to Lords, where the floodlights are on. It's still a beautiful uh, evening sky, as light as it has been at any point on a logic-defying day of cricket. Where do you start is the first question I ask. Well, let's start by listening to some of those players who took their part in one of the great games of international cricket. Starting with the man of the moment, it was a redemption song for Ben Stokes, man of the match. Let's hear what he had to say. Ben Stokes, man of the match in the World Cup final and no ordinary World Cup. What does that feel like? Uh, pretty good, yeah, to be honest. Um, I've pretty lost the words, to be honest. I think all the hard work that has gone in over this four years to, to get this team to where we are today, this is 
this is what we aspire to be and, and we managed to come here and do it and you know to do it was you know such a good game I don't think there'll ever be a better game in cricket history than that so um, you know thanks to everybody who's turned out today and especially throughout the whole competition we've loved all the support we've got and we couldn't have done it without you let's go back to there's so much we could talk about let's go back to the middle of that game when you and Joss came together did you believe one partnership could get you there or are you going to need a lot more no, we just kept on talking about that, you know, controlling the scoreboard and not letting the run rate wasn't getting too far away from us. Um, and we knew if we were there close to the end, then um, New Zealand would be under pressure. Um, yeah, um, you know, that last, in that last over when the ball hit the bat went for four, it's not exactly what he asked for. And I apologise to Kane countless times about that. Um, it's not exactly how you want to do it, but um, yeah. Pretty and what were your thoughts when you were running off the field there? You were fit enough for that super over? No one was going to stop you being in that super over. I definitely wasn't going to bowl after last time it happened anyway. Um, but yeah, there was no chance I was going to, wasn't going to be there at the end. Um, you know, it's, at the moments like that is what you live for um, as a professional cricketer. Um, and, you know, the, the new kid on the block, Joffre Archer, I backed him all the way when he got hit for that six. You know, the, the talent that guy's got is incredible. Um, and he's shown up on the world stage and proved how good he is. Been through a lot on and off the cricket field, shown here today what it means to you playing for England, and you've shown the support you have from that cricket team as well. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. You know, um, you know, without the lads, you know, in this one-day team and the Test team and everybody I've had around me, my family, the support has been incredible. Um, you know, that's all gone now. Um, I'm just really looking forward to tonight, mate. Big thanks to Sky Sports there. Uh, well, look, it was a game that uh, went one way and then the other. England emerging victorious, uh, but not before uh, finding themselves staring into the abyss before some uh, quirks of fate went their way. And we'll react to that with Steve Harmison uh, on today's show. Before that, though, let's hear from the victorious captain, a World Cup winning captain for England, Owen Morgan. I mean, it's been a long time coming, winning a World Cup. If you're going to do it, do it in some style. That was, uh, there wasn't a lot in that game. Jeez, I'd like to, you know, commiserate Kane and his team. I think you mentioned before, uh, the way they play their cricket, the spirit, the fight that they show really is, is worth aspiring to. And the example that they lead is, you know, is hugely commendable to him and his team. Um, I thought today was a hard, hard fault game. Uh, on a tough wicket where everybody found it tough to score. We managed to restrict them to probably a, a good score um, and we lost wickets and, and we're up against it. Butler and Stokes put together a partnership that really did think that would take us quite deep um, but the game unre unveiled itself a bit more. But it must give you quite a bit of pleasure winning on a game on a pitch like that because few people have said well they're only good when it's a flat track. That wasn't a flat track, it was some very smart batting on there as well. Yeah by no means. Uh, this has been a four year journey. We've developed a lot over the course of those four years, probably in particular the last two. We find it hard to play on wickets like that, like good teams do around the world. Um, but today it was, it was about getting over the line. You know, sport's tough at times, um, but to get over the line today means the world to us. You are the coolest man I think I've ever met. Even you on that balcony must have been up and down, surely. Yeah, I was. I was actually being cooled down by Liam Plunkett, which isn't a good sign. You know, we're up and down like a yo-yo. Um, but the, the guys in the middle really did keep us cool. Uh, the way they play, the way they go about their business, they're very experienced. Not just some of the best in our team, they're the best in the world, which is you know, calming at times. Um, but like I said, not a lot between the teams, we're just delighted that we're lifting the trophy today. And the decision to send Ben Stokes back out, an easy decision? Um, as long as he wasn't too cooked. We asked him when he came in, could he do it? He, he took it on with both, both hands. 
Um, you know, when you're not up to the pace of the game, you're sitting in the change room doing nothing, you're so far behind. Um, you know, full credit to the two boys that went out and Joffre defending at the end. I thought it was brilliant. A word on Joffre Archer, 24 year old, not in the England side a month or so ago, and he's here bowling a super over. It doesn't get much better than that. It doesn't. Yeah, everything he seems to come up in front of, he improves every time he does. He, he really does have the world at his feet at the moment. Four years ago, World Cup flops, bundled out in Adelaide. Four years later, World Cup champions. What a transformation it has been. Truly incredible. There's been a lot of people involved along the way. People who aren't here or in the change room today. Guys like Andrew Strauss, Paul Farbrace, guys amongst the players, Dave Willey, um, and a couple of other Sam Billings, guys who have been on the journey but unfortunately missed out in the squad. Um, it's been an incredible amount of hard work and it's been all worthwhile just for this. And before we hear from Steve Harmison, a word from the beaten captain, Kane Williamson. Kane, a chat about the game now. 10.15 this morning, you won that toss and had a bowl. you think it was the right decision? Yeah, um, yeah it's something we wanted to do. We were obviously weighing up the overheads uh, versus the pitch. It was on the dry side, so we felt uh, runs on the board, um, as it proved, it, it was going to be challenging, and we were able to get the, the, the runs on the board. Yes, we may have liked another 10 or 20, but um, in a World Cup final, perhaps 250, 240 might be enough, and um, the guys worked really hard out there, putting England under pressure um, on, on a tough surface. So it was a, a fantastic game of cricket. Um, both sides you know, showed a lot of fight, a lot of heart. Obviously, to go, to go down to the last ball or, and then the last ball of the, the next little match, um, you know, is... is yeah, it's tough to separate, but um, once again, credit to England um, and you know, a lot of positives in this experience for our boys as well. Did you feel as well at the end there, you were just not quite getting the rub of the green, the way the ball hit Ben Stokes' bat and went away for four? Yeah, that was a little bit of a shame, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, unfortunately, that's sort of the game we play, eh? and that, that sort of thing happens um, from time to time. But... Yeah, I just hope it doesn't happen in moments like that. And um, like I say, it's pretty tough to nitpick, except for the fact that perhaps it just wasn't meant to be for us. And the decision in the Super over to send Jimmy Neesham out and Martin Gupta, was that an easy one? It nearly paid off, didn't it? Yeah, um, yeah both guys that hit the ball really hard, but obviously that left-hand, right-hand combination as well with that slightly shorter side down breeze. So, um, yeah, decision that was made, and we're just tossing up on the number three. Um, but not required. Um, yeah, look, it's, it is tough to perhaps review the match and um, such small margins as we know in, in any game really that you play, but especially in, the, in a match that we saw today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies. In the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. I tell you what, Harmy, there's so much to talk about. But let's just start with the Kiwis because it is going to be phenomenally difficult. And I know there's some really quite emotional audio coming out of New Zealand already. Um, Jimmy Neesham talking to uh, Brian Waddle. I mean, for, for most of these guys, they're never going to come closer. And they will look back at a day when luck absolutely deserted them. And, and some would say, actually, they should have shared the trophy because England beat New Zealand on a truly archaic rule. The two teams are tied after 50 overs, tied after six balls. Where do you go from here if you're New Zealand? <laughs> I, I, I think it took me about 10, 15 minutes to work out how England won. I thought it was like, it, it couldn't I was like, it couldn't be on wickets. It couldn't, I thought it might have been on group games gone through. But when it said boundaries, it's an odd way to do it. Um, as well, why, expected. why the batsman? Why not dot balls? Well, I, yeah, spoke exactly. to, I spoke to Jeremy Coney. He was like, why is it down to boundaries? Yeah, and what what boundaries is it? Do you get any more for hitting sixes or over fours because well, you yeah. get more runs for them? It, I think they both hit the same number of sixes, so then it went to fours. Oh, my That's word. Ridiculous. That's, it is ridiculous, but I think it would be ridiculous if it was England that lost and Absolutely. New Zealand that won. But, yeah, look, it was a phenomenal, phenomenal final. It was one that was, it was played... Um, on a poor pitch in my t- uh, my eyes, but that's the only thing I'm going to say about the pitch because I don't want to be negative because I thought it was played with great spirit. Two teams were absolutely fantastic. The way they, they played, their skill level, the way they, they fought and got themselves in a position to put a total on for their team, the way they, they fielded. Yeah, the, the the bowling, especially the death bowling, I thought was was it was it was first class, and it, it come down to a little bit of luck, but also a bit of brilliance. Uh, a little bit of luck in you know, the ball hitting Stokes's bat, um, and going for four, um, and the brilliance was Ben Stokes. Simple as that. Walking you know, nine, 86 for four, I think it was, when him and Butler came together and they managed to slowly but surely get themselves in a position to have one big crack at the last four overs. Um, and Ben, you know, got his got got England into a position where the super over was there and and, and they've got the trophy. Uh, it was a ridiculous game of cricket. Have you ever seen a day's cricket, whatever the format, come? as close to this one in terms of truly logic-defying moments, um, fine margins, crazy situations, um, and, and when you consider the backdrop being the final of a tournament as, as big as this one. 
No, no, I haven't. And you know, the closest thing that I've been involved in, and you, and I've, I've I've mentioned it quite a few times today, the 2005 Ashes series. And the reason I've mentioned it is because it was the last series on terrestrial TV, and this game was on terrestrial TV for millions, millions, and millions of people to watch. And I'm sure the the audience figures would have been great. Um, but that was the closest thing I've 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 seen to a, a game go down to the wire, nail biting stuff. Um, and two teams who were very respectful of each other. Um, at the end, you know, there was a there was a shot off camera where Ben Stokes is walking off, going for the super over, and two or three of the New Zealand players came up, shook his hand, and said, "Well played." And you know, the spirit of the game has been played in a, a in an excellent manner. Um, and it's just it it is a shame, you know, that is a, a loser to the game. But I think the way England have performed throughout the tournament. Yeah, I think they've deserved to win this tournament. Mm, yeah, that's a fair point. Well, let's look at the. Uh, well, let's continue looking at the match and we look at the tournament as well. But you know, where was this game won or lost? Is it easy to point to uh, to one or two two moments? Um, let's start with the toss. A lot of people are the opinion that uh, whoever bowled, especially if, uh, whoever won the toss, especially if it's New Zealand, they'd bowl first. Uh, we spoke about it on Talk Sport. What were your thoughts? And Kay Willison said he was going to have a bat. Yeah, I, I, I was surprised a little bit, but I think looking at that, I would have said I would have been naive to say it was easy just to go out and bowl. Um, stats tell you in this tournament that the team batting first predominantly wins matches. Uh, it's it's, it's gone a full circle in, in one-day cricket. And, you know, the stats tell you that if you bat first at Lords in this World Cup so far, you've won, they've won more matches. Um, in England bowl first against Australia when they won the toss and it, it, it didn't go according to plan. So it was telling you that you had to bat first. I would imagine if he had bowl first, the pressure on Guptal and Nichols and not so much himself at the top would have been second innings. Well, he doesn't back us. You know, the, the, all these stats tell us you're back first in the tournament and we're going to bowl first because we haven't performed so far in this tournament and he doesn't back us. That's what Nichols and Guptal have been thinking. So they had to bat first, go out there and say, right, we back here. Nichols got a 50. Um, New Zealand got to a score which was probably, I thought, 20 short of being par. But they did what New Zealand do, which is squeeze and bowl to their strengths. And you know, after the first 15 overs, they were back in the game. And what about the way that England bowled? Because there was a lot of talk about whether they could go back-to-back after what we saw at Edgbaston against Australia. But you know what? They could and did. I've never had a problem with the, the way this England team have, have bowled and fielded throughout this tournament. I think fielding against Pakistan, the only time I'd say were, were disappointing. They didn't bowl very well first up spell against Australia at Lords, but I put that down to you know the conditions were a bit damp, a bit slippery underfoot and you can sometimes drag the ball down when I know that from experience, you do drag it down when you've got a slippery surface so I'll stick up for them in that front but the rest of the tournament, I think they've been magnificent, I think they've bowled well to plans they've executed they've all the what the coaches or you know, cliches they'll, they'll say they've had um, and they've had a, a couple of match winning spells by Every single individual. Woods had a three for three for eighteen. I think that that got his team and that got England across the line. Archer's had a couple of three fours. That's got England across the line. Wokes has been fantastic as the tournament's gone on. Uh, he had a bit of a slow start, but he's had a good tournament as it's gone on. And Plunkett today showed. You know, he's 33, 34 year old. 
He's been playing, made his debut in 2005. That's 14 years of international cricket. And I think if I was Liam Plunkett, I'd seriously think this could be... I'd, I'd be tempted just to say, you know what? What else can I do in the game now if one day of international cricket? Now, walk off with a World Cup winner's medal, final at Lowe's, having getting three for, got me team back into it. Uh, that'll do for me. And I think it would be a, a fitting way to end uh, what has been a good international career. But if he carries on, he carries on and he, he he deserves to. But I think I'd have serious considerations of that thought in, in my mind if I was Liam. At the halfway stage, were you confident that England were going to wrap up victory? Uh, I was very confident that they were going to wrap up victory. I thought if they can get over the first sort of burst of three overs each from uh, Henry and, and Bolt I think England you know, would 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 comfortably win the game but it, it wasn't it wasn't like that New Zealand showed what a champion bowling unit they've got stuck to their plan of you know bowling tight into off stump you know the, the bowled straight with straight fields tight fields fields that you could for the batsman that could see in your face, two slips, extra cover, mid-wicket, which was straight, in the eye line of the batsman, telling the batsman that, you know, we are we are a unit out here. And that's what New Zealand have done so well to get how they've got to the final is because they've fielded and bowled as a unit and made it very difficult for the opposition. And then when it came to it, it was as nervy a 50 overs because it went all 50 overs mm. as I can remember. I mean, the, the situation... Dictated it was always going to be that way, I suppose. Was there any? Did you find any frustration with the way England went about their uh, business in the in their innings, or was that dictated to by the pressure and the pitch itself? I think it was pressure and the pitch itself. Uh, I looked at uh, England were. I, I think we spoke to. I think I spoke on Sags's show. England were fifty nine, I think, for one. And I said the the word in the field is always the word around the field is always the same. Put two on it. Put two on it. If you put two on it, it's not as good a scoreboard as um, as what it looks now. And the, that's what the New Zealand bat, uh, fielders have been saying. And then England were, were 70 for three, 86 for four. And all of a sudden, the game's back in the balance. And I just thought that was that that was the you know, the, the, the probably the best partnership of the World Cup because it was the one that got England over over the lot into a winning position to get themselves over the line between Stokes and uh, Stokes and Butler. Uh, I mean, he's done okay with the ballers and he's Stokesy, but to his high standards, we're going to remember this World Cup for his exploits with the bat. He has been, I would say, not only England's most consistent performer with the bat, but he's looked the most accomplished as well. He has when England have been in trouble. When England have been in trouble, apart from the one innings where everybody was shouting for Butler to go in and Stokes got 70-odd or 50 balls, uh, that was probably the only time in the tournament where he's gone in with... England in a in a in a powerful and commanding position. Every other time, he either hasn't had to bat, or England have England have lost early top order wickets. And you'd think Headley when he he nearly he was in a position to get England over the line and he run out of partners. Um, in this game again, there would have been a conversation between him and Joss. One of us is going to have to go. You know, we'll get ourselves in a position to get. If it gets to eleven and over, one of us has have to go, and one of us is going to have to sort of get to the last two, three overs. Even if we need fifteen and over, we'll take that and we'll take it down. And I think that would have been the conversation that I had. Joss went, played a couple of big shots, got out, and then it was up to Stokes to marshal the tail and get himself in a position to have a go at the last over, and he did it perfectly for me. Explain to those who aren't quite uh, au fait with why, what is described as a, as a medium pacer, a dibbly-dobbly merchant, but why is it that 
today, Colin de Granholm and Jimmy Neeson were almost impossible to get away. I think it was the areas the bold. The areas the bold were very, very disciplined. And as a batsman, I don't think you could really truly feel as though you could hit through the line of the ball. They, they didn't bowl where you could feel as though as a batsman you can come forward with, it, with any authority that it either wasn't going to bounce or it wasn't going to move laterally. And I think when it's like that, you're always cautious of playing away from your body. And I think while England didn't need to, I think they could they could just sit on De Grandhomme and on Nisham because they'd lost a couple of wickets and again, Kieran Williamson proved to why he's one of the best captains in this tournament, that he knew that it was a big risk to try and hit De Grandhomme off his length. And I think it was like when you play against a mystery spinner in that middle period, you don't really want to take too much of a risk because you don't have to. Look, if they'd been on a plane on a flat wicket and... England chasing 3.30, I think the trumpets would have gone and de Grandon would only have bowled about four overs because he would have went for 40 and he would have went around the park. But again, I don't want to go, on go down and be a negative towards the pitch. But de Grandon's bowling, you could describe it as you know, club cricket type, perfect pro for a club land. And we played on probably a club pitch because I didn't think the pitch was, was suitable for a World Cup final. But take nothing away from Colin de Grandhomme. He bowled an excellent length, and he bowled with patience and with um, uh, with good skill, slower balls, and he, he could have gotten even better because he dropped a catch where he would, which you would expect to take off Bairstow. Have you ever been as nervous watching a game of cricket in your life? Uh, not really. Apart from Trent Bridge in 05 when I was next to go in, um, that's probably the only only one. We've just spoke to Garen Jones on TalkSport 2 uh, about being nervous and what position do you want to be in. And we both said, I'd much rather be in the position we were in at Edge Baston when I had the ball in my hand and could dictate, could dictate what was happening. He was catching it. Um, he was in the game as opposed to being either just out or next to go in at Trent Bridge when Giles and Hoggard got England over the line and we won the series and that's probably as nervous as I've been in and around a cricket pitch uh, when I've been involved in a game but I've never been as nervous or excited watching the game of cricket um, for the reasons of people that are in that England cricket team I've got a vested interest in and I honestly had a lump in my throat watching these kids lift the World Cup trophy and especially Stokes because I thought he deserved the luck he got because of the innings he played he was magnificent he was magnificent I mean give us a, a little bit of an insight about uh, you know the journey he's been on and also another guy that at different stages in the last 12 months may have really feared that this moment would ever happen, be it form, injury, or just his place is going to be taken by a faster or newer model. Uh, Mark Wood. Yeah, a, lot, a lot's been mentioned of how Wokes and Archer have, have gone in this in this World Cup, and Mark's gone under the radar a little bit, and people say I'm biased because of my connection with him, but you know, Mark's got Mark's in the top five for leading wicket-takers in the tournament. I think he's complimented this England bowling attack very, very well, and the one thing that Mark's done um, specifically to make sure England have been a force is, like I mentioned today, when when New Zealand were putting the pressure on England, them two bowlers, you know, Henry and Bolt, were really at it, you know, put England under pressure, and you want the next bowlers to come on and keep the pressure going, and the Grand Home and Ferguson did that. Mark Wood's done that throughout the whole tournament. Archer and Wokes have been fantastic, but then Wood's come on and been as bit as good as what they have and put the opposition 
under pressure from the start. And I think Mark Wood can be very, very proud of his involvement and his performance throughout this whole tournament. Um, and hopefully that side injury he's got tonight doesn't keep him out of the ashes because I think he deserves to be up front and ready to go for that first test because there's a lot talked about Archer being ready for that first test match against Australia. But for me, at this moment in time, Broden Anderson are a shoe in, Stokes has to play, Ali has to play, and it's one from two, Wood and Archer, and we've seen how good Wood was in his in England's last test match. I'd be disappointed if I was Mark Wood not playing in the first test match because I can say, well, what have I done wrong? Well, absolutely. I mean, England have got uh, rich stock to call upon. I mean, you talk about Plunkett maybe walking away from the team, but looking ahead, this is a relatively young side, isn't it? There might be question marks in and around Owen Morgan. Maybe he feels it's time to move on as well. Um, but, I mean, in the next 12 months or so, you, you've got to feel that, uh, A, this team pretty much is going to stick together. I mean, I don't know what you think about that, but mm. with an eye to the World T20 in Australia next year, there's a huge crossover between the two sides. You know, they can take the confidence from this World Cup win and, I mean, can you believe it? Go to Australia and maybe try and do back-to-back. Oh, that would be phenomenal. If we could go to Australia after winning the Ashes, then after winning the World Cup, then winning the Ashes, and then go and win the 2020 in Australia. Um I- I might even John I think I might even go over for that one if I think if we're going to get to the final <laughs> to be fair me both, I think well, I'd quite enjoy being in at the MCG for the final on that if, we're, if I thought well we I'll tell you it. what mate Australia won't be there because they have got a weak T20 team that's for sure I mean when you consider the power hitting that England have got West mm. Indies India Australia if you think of pure out and out power hitters they've got Warner and Finch at the top of the order Ashton Turner, who didn't even get into the ODI side. Glenn Maxwell um, coming in at Darcy six or Short. seven. Yeah, Darcy Short hasn't really done no, it. So I'd be surprised to see Australia in the final. But then you've got, you know, like we've seen here, it's a, it's a home tournament and their players will have been playing in a, in a domestic tournament be- probably before, before that T20. So they'll be going in with some sort of form and a bigger pool to pick from. You know, England... England have got uh, they've never had an injury in this tournament but if they did have they could go to the next best who's playing well and playing consistent playing lots of cricket so you just you just never know but if we get into that position it would be absolutely phenomenal whether you know Liam or Owen Morgan feel as though I can't better what I've done in this game uh, this is the ultimate nothing can ever surpass what I've done yeah, now I've had a great career. Do I want to carry on or do I want to end at the top? Well, if they want to end at the top, there's no bigger way to finish at the top than winning a home World Cup and having a you know a huge part to play in it. Especially Liam Plunkett, who has been, uh, it was fantastic this, this afternoon. And what about the 50-over game then? What for that uh, beleaguered uh, format? It's always everyone's least favourite. And, you know, the game itself at domestic level is going to be whittered away, pushed to the margins, uh, devalued as a competition. It's all going to be about the 100. So ODI cricket won't even be people's third favourite form of the game. It's going to be the fourth favourite. I mean, what now for the format that England actually the best team in the world at? Yeah, that, that, but that was said after that was said leading into the the, the 2011 um, 50 over competition that was in India then when India won it who um, 
are the basically in charge of the global game. The the, the game plan seemed to change a little bit. I, I still think there's a format there for you know the the 50 over format. The hundred is coming, and we've got to embrace it because I think the money that it's going to bring in, but I also think the money that this is going to bring in terrestrial TV, millions watching it. We've had you know two or three good callers on Talksport two uh, after the after the final saying I wasn't a cricket fan. I've got kids. I'm looking to take my kids down to the local cricket club. I'm going to go and watch my local team. That can only benefit the game, no matter what format it is. And if a 50-over competition dies, so be it. You know, it's, it dies. As long as them people that have been watching today have been captivated from it to come to be cricket fans, the cricket game, the game of cricket will be more populated because there'll be people wanting to play it, but also it'll be, it'll be better off because there'll be more people watching it, and that can only be good. What is also good is that England have won, eh? At mm. the end of the day, uh, being English, we are talking about how unlucky the Kiwis were, whether they should have shared it, whether the tournament itself is ever going to really uh, live up to this, whether the uh, end is nigh for some of the players. But at the end of the day, mate, England have set out what they started to do four years ago. And when you consider the nadir that was English ODI cricket four years ago in New Zealand to come back and win the trophy with all of the pressure that was put on their shoulders by losing to Sri Lanka and Australia to have to go to beat Australia New Zealand twice and India back to back to back to back they've done it you know we have lived a life of rueful what ifs that's for another team today it's about England being the best. We've won a World Cup at Laws. We've seen it with our very own eyes. England are the champions, Harvey. It's unbelievable. And the thing that I'll take away from it the most is we go, as a as a nation, we go into tournaments, whether no matter what sport it is, with optimism and it soon dies off because sometimes we don't believe. The thing that we've done in this tournament is we've gone in as favourites and Owen Morgan's first press conference he was asked you know, about that tag being favourites and what did he say? He said we're going to enjoy it and I'm actually sitting here now watching them lift the World Cup trophy and boy do these lads deserve it because they believed they were going to win it and I hope now they're enjoying it. Brilliant stuff. Well, I've enjoyed being alongside you, mate, uh, for the last six weeks. Well, longer than that, really. But uh, the World Cup finally has come to an end. We will be reunited. You'll be back on Breakfast Show uh, on Monday morning and also co-hosting alongside myself and Danny Kelly Monday night. A, uh, a kick-off special looking at where it's all gone right for England. Uh, three hours of... Uh, of talking about how great things are. That will make uh, for quite a pleasant change, won't it? But for now, I'll let you go. You've got an early start in the morning, uh, but thanks for your time. And for those of you who've been with us on this journey over the last six weeks or so, myself and Steve and Bats and all the other names that have been part of the following on Cricket World Cup podcast, this is for you. Johnny Basso responding to some of the comments uh, in an article in the Times today um, said everyone's talking like we're eighth or ninth in the table. They are not willing us on to win. In many ways, they're waiting for you to lose so they can jump down your throat. Now, Michael Vaughan responded to that. He's, of course, been quite outspoken in his own way in, uh, as well. Michael Vaughan saying, with this negative, pathetic mindset, I'm concerned it's not the media's fault. You've lost three games. It gets blown up that, uh, that there's negativity around this England team. I don't believe there should be. Uh, we're number one in the world. Yes, we've had a couple of blips, um, but human beings will, will always have an amount of failure. Uh, nobody has ever achieved success without a little bit of fill. It's how you come back from it. 
was clipped away for a single and the unbeaten side in the World Cup have been beaten. England's World Cup campaign is back on track. They move back into the top four. Normal service is resumed. We had a we had a decent chance to strike a few and um, you know get closer to the target. Set a bit of panic in the opposition, but yeah, look, we we kept losing wickets and uh, that doesn't help in a big chase. And as I said, credit uh, has to go to England. They were better on the day. And that is exactly the moment that they need. Nation makes something happen. Jason Roy makes a mistake. Yeah, and he yells out, "No, he can't believe it." The zingers are flashing. And so another hundred. And out shortly after. Same old uh, demons seem to affect the England side. They they couldn't, you know, dominate the bowlers. They didn't seem to be able to rotate strike. They panicked a bit. And there was a clump of wickets again. You know, can't afford... You could afford to do that today. Got away with it. But we can't afford to do that again in the semi-finals. And surely that's a worry. When the pitch was true, England succeeded. When it wasn't... They struggled. They've had a little bit of a, a blip, a little bit of a lull that everybody has in tournaments. No matter whether you're playing rugby, football, cricket, there's always your team, you always have a little bit of a lull during a tournament. I think England have just had theirs, and they just seem to be coming back, peaking at the right time, and it was it was back to back to England per usual. Hit away over mid on. How fitting it is that Captain Morgan is the man that leads his team to Lords for a World Cup final. First time since 1992, England will be in a World Cup final. England players are going to be nervous. I'd be saying to the England players, enjoy being nervous. This is a World Cup final. We are the favourites, but don't miss your moment. And that's what I would have been saying to them players today. Don't miss your moment because you'll get a, you'll get a moment in the game when it's your turn to stand up. And I just hope, really hope and pray, that England haven't just peaked and put the whole perfect performance in the semi-final um, and then miss out in the final. They're going to push. Are we in for a super over? They've got to go quick. They've got to go quick. Out. I'm sure he's out. We're going to a super over. Teams scoring more runs in the super over will simply win. Gattel's going to push for two. They've got to go. It's got to throw. He's got to go to the keeper's end. He's got it. England have won the World Cup of margins by the barest of all margins absolute ecstasy for England agony agony for New Zealand it is England who have won the World Cup final on home soil in some of the most dramatic circumstances you will ever see on a cricket field no matter the format England are victors but New Zealand you will never get closer to a World Cup than this and now, surely, will I be able to celebrate the greatest English ODI side that there has ever been. England's of the 2019 Men's World Cup Champions.
The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 